The question is, what keeps you close in your relationship with God? And real quick, for the online people, I'm going to read the two verses. So the two verses we had is Psalm 34, verse 8, which says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Other passages that we've been looking at is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, I, you know, as a church, we, since we're also small in number, we love dialogue. We love people talking together because more than me just teaching you or preaching at you, I want you guys to be engaged. But let me ask, what keeps you close in your relationship with God? And it's been interesting. This is one that not as many people have replied to on Instagram, at least. Only three people replied. And, and I'm totally okay with that. But it makes me think maybe people don't know. And maybe people are just tired of answering. That could be one. But I think also this is a hard question. How do we stay close to God? So does anyone have any answers for me? Okay. Okay. So spending time with God keeps you close with God. I can agree with that. Like I even mentioned, I think one of the nicest things when I feel a, very, a close nearness to God, before anyone in the house wakes up, I love waking up and going to the closet by myself. Because there's something about once the distractions start, it just gets busy. And you just, it's hard to stay focused. So for me, that's one thing. I go, and I, I literally, the Bible says, go to your closet. I go to my closet. I sit there because literally there's no distractions there. And it, one of the things, I try not to take my phone with me. So that also helps. Does anyone else I want to add? Hmm. I love it. So you've, you've experienced some things and you've grown and that makes you want to stay close. That's beautiful. True. So my dad said, increase fondness, like grow your love of the person. Like as, as he loves his grandson, he wants to spend time. As you grow your love of God, you will want to spend a, a, your time and a closeness, even in the midst of a day. I'll give you a few from online. And, and please feel, uh, feel free to keep sharing. One person says, submitting their plans to God helps them feel a closeness to God. I thought that was a really good one. Sometimes our plans keep us far from God. God, I want to do this. Even though you want me to do this, I want to do this. That keeps us further away. So submitting your plans keeps you close. One of my coworkers said this. They said, you know, and when life gets stressful, saying the name of Jesus keeps them close. And they said, I get stressed a lot, so I have to say the name of Jesus a lot. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, man, what I love is I hope people pick up things. I'm, I'm going to try that. The next time, like, you know, in the midst of a stressful, they just say Jesus. And maybe that keeps a closeness. You know, what I love is, Christian life is not this big thing that's like, it's just day-to-day -day life that you can take God with you wherever you go. And the sad part is we don't do that, and we have more chaos because of it. Any last thoughts before I get into what where God guided me for the week? There's no wrong answers, too. For those who have come, we, we love all answers. I'll find some way to connect this, so don't worry if you feel like this is a bad answer. Okay, let's get into it for today. So I'm actually going to do a demonstration to get started. I think demonstrations are great because more than words, especially as a teacher, I know this, more than the words I say, you'll remember images and you'll remember things. So I'm going to ask, actually, I'm going to tell a volunteer. Arlie's going to come up, if you don't mind. <laughs> so Arlie's going to be the uh, demonstrator. So I gave you, I sent you a text. So Arlie's going to describe an item to you from the text. Can you want to come up? And the only rule of this game is you don't even know what the item is, but you have to, from your text, describe the item, and hopefully someone can help figure out what the item is. 
the item is red slimy green squishy flavorful again red slimy green squishy flavorful it's a food so now I'm going to let Arlie taste it. Is it? So now can you describe it for me again? Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> Salty. Mm, little crunch. Little crunch. From the mustard seeds. Oh, okay. Can you all guess what it is? It is, but what kind? What kind of pickle is it? It's a achar, like we eat. I mean, it's a pickle. Thank you for helping us out. Not a problem. So we, I gave her, some, y'all know what kind of achar it is? Not mango. Not mango, sorry. No. I think it's a kovica pickle. Kovica pickle. So let me ask you this. What, what was the, it was, yes, Jenny's from Jenny's wedding. And if you're listening, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, so what was the difference in the experience? In the first one, I gave her a description. I sent it to her and she shared that. She didn't have much more to say after that. Can you agree with me? She thought it was a gushers. Okay. Okay. She didn't even know really what it was. But then what happened? The second she tried it, it was a different experience for herself. She could add more words. She talked about what she experienced. And here's the word that I want to share you today. Why do we have a difficulty staying close to God? Because we have secondhand Christians today. Like you don't have the firsthand experience. It's like you hear, you're like, okay, we have the best speakers now. You are, you hear a great message. You write all your notes down. Like I gave her the notes. And how far does that go? That goes till Sunday at six o'clock. Because by Sunday 6, you've forgotten what you felt. You've forgotten what you wrote down. It's a secondhand experience. What I want to encourage you is if you want a closeness to God and a closeness that doesn't separate as the week goes on, you have to taste God for yourself. My job is not to make you feel good or anything. My job is to inspire you that you go spend time with God yourself. You understand who He is. Because when you do, you don't go back. Otherwise, it will be that week. You'll come up and say, like on Monday, you'll say, oh, what did that pastor say? Or what did he do? We want to quote people now. When you taste it, you don't have to quote anyone. There will be an experience that you have that's so good that you can share it. Remember, you said it was so good. And your, our God is so good that if you will encounter him for yourself, your sharing of that is so powerful. But again, we're, all, we're okay with the second-hand experience. But there was a generation who understood this. There was a, this is a story I've said before, and I'll say it again right now. Uh, there was a man who, you know, he was a brethren uh, leader, a, a, a mupin, I think is what they called it. And he was one of the leaders. Brethren don't have pastors. And so one day he was speaking um, in their church, and back in the day, the Holy Spirit moved in such a powerful way that if people even walked by with the Holy Spirit on them, it would jump onto people. It was like a fire, legitimately like a fire. So the man was speaking, and he just starts speaking in tongues because the Holy Spirit came on him. He literally speaks in tongues for like 30, 45 minutes. 
And he opens his eyes and everyone in the church is gone. Because, you know, brethren, people, they don't necessarily believe in the evidences of, evidence of tongues. And so literally everyone is gone. Everyone is afraid of what's happening. And as he, basically the other leaders of the church came and they told him, either you need to stop doing this or you have to leave our church. And then he wrote a song. And he wrote the song, And I'll give you the translation of it. Actually, my dad wrote it for me, so maybe I'll put it up there. But basically, I can just tell you the essence of it. The essence of what he says is, the second you've tasted, like once you have the jewels, can you go back to the mud? It was this interesting thing that like, I can't reject this God. The second you've tasted him, it's like, I don't care if I lose everything else. And the second you go through that, you realize God is going to ask you to get rid of some things. And it's going to be hard when you do that, but it's so worth it at the end of the day because our God is so good. So I want to challenge you today. I really want to challenge you. You have to personally taste and see that the Lord is good. If you don't, you will have this roller coaster Christian life. And those things will still happen because Christian life is hard. But the second you've tasted it, it's so much different. I'm going to just say two points and I'll be finished. We're going to look at the idea of eating something, right? Right. So the, the word that we have is taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The first thing that I want to encourage you is uh, taste requires making a choice to eat, making a choice. So to taste something, it's going to require you, you have to make a choice to pick something to eat. You know, it's interesting in our American society how difficult it is to pick food sometimes. I don't know if y'all agree with me on this. I can have a really hard time picking what to eat. So what was developed to help us figure this out? There's an app that we all use. Yelp, right? So what do we do when we check on Yelp? I want to see the reviews of what other people say. Then what else do I need to see? I want to see how close it is. True. What else do I want to see? What they've had. I want to see the menu. I want to see the price. I want to see a picture. I want to see, okay, if I'm going to try something, I need to see what it's going to look like. And I'm thinking, if it takes that much effort to pick a meal to eat, how much more will it take you to make a decision with God? Literally, we care about our meals more than we care about God. We literally, I can spend probably 20 minutes analyzing, which food do I want today? I'll look through the reviews and, and I'll be like, man, I, it's so hard for me to decide. And I want to encourage you, you know, to decide God and to choose him, it takes a willful thought process. What he's calling of you is not easy. So even as I'm saying the messages, you know, I've been saying the mes message of seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's like an action item that you can do. You can decide, do I seek the kingdom of God first or not? And for that to really happen, when I'm saying the message, rather than saying, cool, good, you need to come up with the plan of how you will do it. Don't put more effort into making a decision about food than your walk with God. That's, that is sad. We put more effort into our food than our walk with God. So even as I'm saying these words, now I want you, here's the remedy for it. You have to willfully make a choice to say, 
I am going to put God first by doing this. Right? The, 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 the word that God has given me for our church for this season is, seek my kingdom first. So when I say that, don't just say, okay, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. Because guess what happens? By Monday, you don't even think about the message. You're gone. You have to make a decision and a choice. Oh, you have to plan it out. So consider that. I want you guys to consider that right now. Don't just go with emotions. How will I make God the priority of my life? So the first thing I want to say is have a plan. Have a commitment. You know, one of the, y'all always laugh at me because I sing the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Yeah. Every time you're like, oh, you're about to sing that again this Sunday? <laughs> and I, I love that song, though, because it's like, it is a declaration. You literally, for me, it's, it's a, dece- a decision. Even Zion loves the song now. Literally, you'll hear him say, follow, follow, right? <laughs> it's this interesting idea that you have to make a thoughtful choice of following God. You know what God says? If in order to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Like every day, you have to make the choice of making God the priority of your life. And if you don't, you won't. We, the way of man is just to go with whatever everyone else is doing. And if you want to put God first, you have to have a plan. So even as I'm leaving you with this first point, start to formulate and think, how can I make God the first of my life? The first of my Monday, my Tuesday, the first in my workplace, everywhere I got, God, I need a plan, so talk to me. You have to make that choice yourself. How can I make you the first of my life? Make a plan. The second thing I want to say about taste is that taste requires chewing. Eating is a wonderful thing. Can y'all agree with me? I enjoy eating. I don't know if anyone else likes eating, but one of the difficulties is chewing. Sometimes, you know, the chewing process can be hard. You know, it was interesting. Uh, I, I told my wife, I asked her permission if I could share this one, but she made like a beef curry recently. And, you know, normally we put it in the pressure cook. It's so, so soft and moist. But this one came out a little tough. A little, a little rougher on the outside. And it was still wonderful. It was so tasty. But I remember that just the chewing process. Ah, it's a little hard, right? But it's interesting. The chewing process is where you get all of the flavor. So I want to encourage you, you know, if you are interested in walking with God and really tasting Him, tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, the chewing process is going to be involved. The second you make the plan for your life, the difficulty comes in doing it. That is the chewing. But that's where the real flavor comes. You know, the second you say, okay, God, I'm going to put you first by praying in the morning. Man, you know, what God put on my heart is wake up. And I've been trying to wake up at 5, 5.30 in the morning to pray with him. And, you know, I, I decide, I made the choice, and then I have to start chewing. I have to wake up at 5.30, and I'm so tired. Like, I can't do this. But that's where you understand. You understand? The chewing is where you understand if you like something or not. You know what I mean? Like, you eat that burger from Whataburger, and it's like you're chewing it, and all those onions and the mustard comes together with the patty, and the buns are so lightly buttered, and it tastes so good. <laughs> right? I love Whataburger. And then you go to In-N-Out, and it's this stale, 
You know, it's not even very tasty at all. I do not like In-N-Out. Me, me and my students have this argument all the time. Whataburger is better than In-N-Out. But where do you find your loyalty? I have so many students who love In-N-Out. Well, okay, any, you're wrong. But okay, Whataburger is better. But where do you get your loyalties when you're chewing it? When you understand, is this the taste that I like? And you have to understand the tasting of God is a hard process. It's difficult sometimes. There are certain things we like. When he opens the job up, we like that chewing. That feels really good. But when he says, I need you to forgive your enemies, oh, that's the chewing I don't like. That might be a little tougher and I need to chew a little bit more. But you understand God is still so good and he has something so flavorful for you. So I want to encourage you, the chewing is necessary in the tasting. And just to wrap up the verse, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You wonder why does he talk about trusting God when we're talking about eating? But you know, it's interesting, like when you're having that hard time chewing that forgiveness or chewing your, man, I get so angry sometimes or impatient. God says, trust me. And when you trust me, the chewing becomes easier. You know he has something good for you. I will end with the story and I'll be done for the day. So for me, you know, I was, y'all have heard me talk about my story of, you know, I was, went through a time, I, I did my master's in divinity, I studied the Bible, and I didn't know what I wanted to do for a job. And so, you know, the, the verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I started thinking, what was all the all that I needed? The, all the things that I needed from God was a job. Could you agree with me? So I was like, I'm going to take this verse on God for myself. I need a job right now, God. Could you provide it for me? But see, I can't just ask him for that till I do the part that he has. What did he ask of me? Seek him first. So then I made a plan of how I'm going to seek God. It was I spend time with my grandmother. She was a widow. You know, God really emphasized in my heart the idea of the widows and the orphans. That's a, that's a verse throughout the Bible. So I came up with a clear plan. I'm going to seek him by taking care of widows. My grandmother was one. The one I'm going to share about today was my neighbor. So I met her because, and I've shared this before, but I've met her because her husband, they were both probably in their 80s. And they lived like right the house next to us. So one day she calls us and she's like, hey, could you come over? I can't, my husband is stuck and he needs help. So I came over and he couldn't get picked up from the toilet. He was 84 years old and he had lost all his leg strength. And she was like, I'm too weak to pick him up. So I was like, I gladly help you. So I helped her. And within that week, the husband passed away. He was on his last days. But from that moment on, I thought she's a widow. The Bible says clearly to take care of the widows and the orphans. So from time to time, I would get her some food. I would go visit her and just make sure she was doing okay. And it's crazy because as you begin to chew what God needs, it's like, hey, God, like, you know, when is my job coming? You know, like, you know, like I have this thing that I need from you. I'm trying to do what you ask of me. But I just got into the mode of just serving her, just looking at her and saying, every time I would go over there, let me just love her. Because that's what God wants me to do. And you know the crazy part? You know, God ended up taking care of my job. But more than that, he gave me so much more in the process. You know, I was, I was filled with, you know, think about this. I was 27 years old. I was jobless. I was about to get married. And I had so many these stresses. 
And I remember I would go and sit with her and I would just look at her, this old wrinkly lady, and I'd be like, man, God took care of her. That's what I would think when I was talking to her. And, and all of my anxiety would go away. And it made me think, you know, you know, there was an all that God had in store for me. He's going to make me have peace. You know, like, you, like there are things that you need that God is ready to give to you. Like there's this big list of things. There was meaning. Like I had meaning taking care of someone else. Like the list continues going on and on. You understand like before, like she ended up moving to a, like a nursing home at a certain point. But she loved us so much that she even like framed a picture of us. Yeah, I, or Right. And she like kept it. She put it in front of her own grandkids' pictures. I know. And it just made me think just from me willing to obey what God had, he has so much better for you. But you're not willing to trust him. You're not willing to clearly come up with a plan for yourself. Say, God, I'm going to seek you first by doing this. And you know why I'm so adamant about this? Because I've tasted it. I've tasted the beauty of how God takes care of your life. And once you do, you don't go back. I don't need to trust myself anymore. God, you are the supreme. Whatever you need of me, he, he's, I already know this. He's going to take care of my kid more than I can. You understand the worries that go into a kid nowadays? All the ideologies that are out there, all of the shootings that happen in school, and everyone is filled with anxiety about our generation. But I say, do you know who I serve? You think a gun or ideology is bigger than my God? He's bigger than all of it. And I say this with so much conviction because I've tasted it. And my request to you today is this. Don't just have secondhand experiences with God. You have to know him for yourself. You have to taste him. And when you taste him and see him, you will not go back. You will not go back to trusting yourself. So just to reiterate my points, taste requires you making a choice, almost a plan. From today, think, how can I make God first and clearly execute? If you need to turn that into me, turn that in. These are, you know, I literally sit and I write things down. God, I want to seek you first today by loving you first. So I spend time. I want to seek you by loving my wife. I want to seek you by loving my child. I want to seek you by being a great teacher. You have me here. I write down how I want to seek God first. And maybe if you're willing to, God is ready to move for you. But you have to be intentional with your walk with God. And finally, the second part is there's going to be some difficulties in doing these things because you are going to be revolving your life around God. You're going to have to change your ways a little bit. And that chewing may be hard, but I just want to end by saying this, it's worth it. God is worth it, and the life he has for you is worth it. So I'm going to end with a word of prayer, and we're going to sing the song that everyone laughs at me for. We're going to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. And my prayer is, as we sing that song together, that that is a declaration you say. On Monday this week, I want to follow God. On Tuesday this week, I want to follow God. And day by day, you make that decision. And I promise you this, the second you taste it, you won't go back. 
And so we're going to just take a moment just to reflect with God. I'm going to end with a word of prayer. But my challenge is, if you take nothing away, come with the plan today of how you're going to walk out seeking his kingdom first. Dear Lord, we come to you today, Lord, and we thank you for always hearing our prayer, God. You've been so good to us today and helped us step after step, day after day. God, I pray, Lord, that we would really begin to taste and see who you are. Help us to not be okay with just a secondhand Christian experience, but help us to have that personal encounter with you. I pray you would wake the church up today, that we would be on fire for you, God. You are worthy of everything. And so I pray, Lord, that we would all continue to walk with you daily. Help us to honor you with our life, God. Thank you for hearing our prayer. I pray as we sing this, let us follow you day after day. In the midst of our stresses, let us prioritize you and let us trust that, God, you have the best for our story. We give you all the glory and the honor today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm going to just do one more thing. If, if you have any, um, any decisions you want to make, feel free to reach out to us. Feel free, if you, don't, if you feel uncomfortable saying it in person, feel free to talk to someone here. We want to be a people that are intentional, that grow. And if you feel like you need prayer today to grow in this, or you need prayer so that you could become someone that prioritizes God, feel free to come forward and we'll pray with you together. So thank you guys for paying attention.